0: Welcome to the Talking Security podcast, we will talk about security-related news, attacks, vulnerabilities, and tools. Welcome to a new episode of Talking Security. My name is Frans Uyderdorp, and I'm your host today. Today I have with me Koos Goossens and Maarten Goed.
1: Maarten, Koos, please. Can you introduce yourself? Sure, Frans. Uh, well, my name is Koos Goossens. I'm a Microsoft Security Consultant
2: for Wartel Enterprise Security in the Netherlands. And I'm Maarten Goed, a colleague of Koos and help run the security division at Wartel. The last few weeks,
0: there were some incidents and some vulnerabilities. Let's talk about some of these. First, I would like to start with uh, two attacks at public companies. There were some issues at the University of Maastricht. Maybe one of you can explain what was happening there.
2: Well, what I think we learned from the news late last year is that the university came out and told people that they had been under attack and had not yet recovered from it. Apparently, a ransomware attack happened and uh, pretty much all systems at the university were attacked and breached. And so they could not work, but they also didn't have access to their files and their research. And because it was downtime, it was vacation at the time, they still had roughly two weeks before students would come in. But of course, there were a lot of concerns on how to handle the incident now that all these systems were down and also what caused it and and what to go next. And I think that's what we saw late December.
0: Yeah, and do we know where it was all starting with?
2: Well, I'm not sure if they already identified what the entry point was and the initial access vector. But certainly after that, once they got foothold, the ransomware spread quickly and, and apparently in a way that all systems were reached. And ironically enough, even the backup platform, so... That was one of the concerning bits is that even their backup location got encrypted and ransomware. And so they were pulling that hair to understand what to do next.
1: Yeah, because maybe it's good to give a little bit more understanding of what a ransomware attack would do when when it gets active. It scans the network shares, which are connected to the client at that moment. And with the credentials of the current user, it encrypts all the data it can find. So apparently, the, the the backup storage was also connected to somebody's client or available to to some people. Therefore, also was encrypted by
2: the ransomware software.
0: And do we know how they are uh, were recovering from that attack?
2: Well, the speculation up until this point has been that they did pay the ransom that was held and. Apparently, the speculation now is that they did get the decryption key and got access back to their systems. On February 5th, they're holding a press conference to give some more details about exactly the situation. But people familiar with the situation are confirming to news outlets that they paid the ransom money. And it's supposed to be up to a quarter million. So it's not small money. Uh, But they felt strong that because their backup was encrypted, the systems wasn't encrypted that they had no other choice Uh, also because years of research could potentially be lost if they didn't now I guess that also raises the question of if you pay the money are you not supporting the whole problem of ransomware because financially motivated hackers will still see a case in the university on to try and do this on other parties or potentially even the university itself again in the near future, because they know they're willing to pay and apparently have the money. Especially that. uh, What
0: does that mean for the future? Is that because they they have paid, they have maybe the systems not in that way protected as it should be. They are already inside. Maybe for the future, for other attackers, it could be a a possible attack
1: yeah, a lot of the time, the ransom to pay is, is much less than replacing all your data and infrastructure, obviously. So uh, it gets paid a lot of the times in, uh, in reality. And I even heard that it is even possible to get some kind of discount if you get contact with the, the, the people who take your data uh, hostage uh, at the moment. And even for them, it's, uh, it's a commercial uh, decision. Okay, if we give them some di- discount, they might pay up. And otherwise, they maybe won't. So, uh...
2: Yeah, it's a hard trade-off. I could see the points where the university says, I need my research data. Yeah. It's almost unrecoverable to redo the work. On the other end, you're supporting a financially motivated sector of people that are trying to do bad things. And it's not a case in and by itself because we've heard other stories in the same period of time as well. That was Travelex. Um, was that more or less the same? Well, it was also ransomware that attacked the TravelX company where critical systems were shut down. And again, the news outlets were confirming that people close to the situation confirmed that they did pay the ransom uh, to recover. And I guess if in a two-week time period specific companies are paying these actors, end up with potentially millions in money, which motivates them even more to handle this. Now, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, of course, around your infrastructure. Would you want to keep your backup close to where your other storage is, or should this be offline or in a different location? Uh, But certainly, it's also about understanding critical data and more or less non-critical data. Rebuilding systems costs money, but is doable. Data that you've spent research on in months and unique situations to replicate might not be able to recover. You might want to treat that differently with different access systems or different monitoring and detection. Uh, But certainly, we learned from TravelX that they more or less had the same, not the same string of ransomware potentially, but they did pay up to uh, free themselves from this ransomware attack. And in the same period, there was some Citrix vulnerability that came
0: up that was reported by some some guys to Citrix in the middle of December. What was that all about? It was on the uh, Citrix
1: uh, gateway? Yeah, from what I understood is that Citrix came out with the news that they found some kind of vulnerabilities and that they're working on some some remediation for it. I don't have all the exact details and the dates from from December, but that put the focus on the vulnerability. And therefore, well, everybody uh, wanted to know what might there be wrong and and took some further investigation. During the start of, or halfway January, the exploit came to word what the impact would be. And then it became a a, a massive problem immediately because Citrix did not have an update or a patch uh, in place already, they had some form of remediation, but it appears to be not effective. So, if you have a, a Citrix NetScaler, or now they're called a Citrix ADC appliance, which which is well mostly an internet-facing uh, device because you use it to protect your Citrix Workplace or other web applications. So you have it uh, have it connected to the internet and people can, uh, were just scanning uh, finding Citrix devices and making misuse of the exploit, and it gave you a local, ex- local access to the appliance. And most companies have their appliances in the same network with other servers, and therefore it was impossible to say something about the amount of impact a breach might have. If you use a Citrix device like this, you must assume that you are compromised at this point. And in the Netherlands, we had some traffic issues uh, because of that. Yeah, it was a new word of the year already, I guess, in uh, January. We had some traffic jams named after the after Citrix because a lot of, peop- lot of the v- companies decided to, uh, to put their Citrix devices offline. So people who would normally work from home had to get in the car and uh, drive to the
2: office.
0: And uh, Citrix already uh, published some updates
2: for that. Yeah, for certain versions, they did supply a patch. And at the moment we're recording this, they are also releasing patches for other versions of it. Now, the challenge had been that it's over 50 days that since this leak has been known and could potentially be exploited by adversaries. uh, And if you do patch your, uh, your system, there's still a fair chance that in the last 50 or 60 days, other people had access to your system could have had a copy of usernames, passwords, or other items, or even gained foothold into your network. So there's still an urgent request to a lot of companies that have this technology to do forensic analysis and understand whether or not they had been breached. And that even though now the problem or the vulnerability has been shut down, other attack vectors could be used against them because they might have known combinations for usernames, passwords, and whatnot. So the patches are good. They're, we're fixing it. My Citrix is fixing it, but there's still a lot of work to be done in the forensic space, the research space, to, for your company, understand if you were breached in the last two months. Yeah, good, good.
1: And maybe a backdoor is even installed on the device. So even if you patch the device, it might still be compromised so you should really assume that you have to start from scratch or uh, factory reset the device and restore a config or replace the virtual appliance and restore the config because you cannot be sure that it is not compromised even after the patch
0: yeah and if they have attackers have been accessed internal network through as the Citrix ADC or gateway you probably have uh, the attacker have access to your network so in my opinion, they have to do some with monitoring, alerting, and probably forensics that that have to be done in, in, internally.
2: Yeah, it's an important piece to make sure you know how your position is and what po- could have happened in the in the meantime. But patch your systems. Uh, still set up detection and monitoring to make sure you see attacks from which originating IP, because they could also give you clues for the for the threat hunting, and understand if systems had contact with that IP address in the last uh, two months, and/or see traces of other, like you said, uh, persistence tools or, or stuff on your on your infrastructure. So it's a hard challenge for a lot of companies to to understand, but uh, ask your partners to to help out then.
0: Also at Microsoft, there was some issue last week, and that was all about a data breach that was reported. What data breach was that? that? Do we know uh, something about it? Microsoft do some communication on, on it, but do we know what
2: data it was? Well, what you're referring to is around support cases, if I understand correctly. Uh, There was a period, I think late December, where if you had a support case with Microsoft, you were, of course, in their support database with details about your support questions, about potentially your infrastructure, about the thing you're trying to get support on. And a specific portion for that te- time period has uh, has apparently been breached and leaked. And so there could be information around you, your company, infrastructure, be, be uh, captured by an adversary. However, what Microsoft did say in that disclosure is that they told details about uh, that this happened, but also that they'll be reaching out to specific customers where they know their sensitive information uh, that uh, was captured. We've talked to a lot of Customers and we haven't found one yet that uh, confirms that uh, there was sensitive information. But a support case could potentially hold that. And Microsoft is actively pursuing customers to see if that was the case. Yeah. So in both situations, Citrix and Microsoft,
0: both companies are doing uh, their job to help our customers
2: to solve the, the issues that there were on short time. Certainly, but there is a difference. You see, Microsoft comes clean quickly, has a lot of measures in place, reaches out to specific customers, while I think the majority of companies felt that Citrix was a bit slower. And that the time, almost 60 days uh, went over for adversaries to misuse that exploit. And so there is a real concern that people were asking Citrix, how are you handling CVEs? And how are you able to provide patches in a timely manner and and disclose information? So... I think it'd be interesting to see in the coming months a more elaborate statement from Citrix on how they're handling into the future. While I think a lot of companies already trust Microsoft that they have quick responses and a lot of engineering capabilities to uh, respond to critical situations. And uh, that's a strong point for the company, I would say. Yeah.
1: And also because the Citrix gateway is, is a security product. You specifically buy this to shield your internal network from the uh, from the outside world, so that makes it specifically uh, well a long time to to fix something like this. And it had a, a 9.8 on a scale of one to ten, according to the uh, uh, Institute of Cybersecurity.
2: Yeah, the Dutch National Cybersecurity Center. Yeah, it was was highly regarded. So a lot of like you said, companies pulled the machines offline, and uh, and it we had traffic jams because of it. But it, it had a high score in the C, uh, CVSS for sure. Yeah. Is there something
0: we can learn uh, specific about the uh, incidents we are uh, discussing with at the University of Maastricht or the uh, Triflex
2: company? Well, I would say it starts with, uh, with protections, uh, understanding the infrastructure and what protections you would have in place. For instance, with where your backup runs, understanding data, which is sensitive and critical and which data is less so and then providing measures there because it's not enough to just do detection and responding to threats, but there's really a phase before that where you provide protections and they they should be in place so that you could overcome these situations or even prevent them. Yeah, I'm protection, prevention, security awareness. Is that something?
1: Well, something I wanted to say as well, yeah, to make your employees aware and, and to, to recognize phishing emails more quickly in the future. But people have a curious nature, so if somebody gets uh, an invoice .dot PDF or it seems like an invoice .pdf, they're just curious and they want to take a closer look, and it might be uh, might be a piece of ransomware which encrypts your data.
0: Yeah, why I'm asking that was because there was some some messages that the whole thing around University of Maastricht that was starting with some phishing email where the ransomware was 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 getting next to. So, and if it's phishing, security awareness it could be a potential thing where we can educate uh, people and help uh, to make them more aware of, of that sort of attacks. Are there other things that we have to mention regarding the things we have uh, spoken about?
2: Well, I think one important piece that also came out uh, in the last two weeks was around uh, CVE 2020 a Microsoft-related CVE, where uh, you could generate certain certificate types to let the connection show as if it was the real certificate or uh, signage of executable. Anything that had to do with cryptography could be used around uh, a vulnerability with, which was called elliptic curve, and the CVE was pretty important because you could do man-in-the-middle attacks and not understand that you're going to a uh, adversary site instead of the real site, or run an executable that's really not signed by Microsoft. So, this CVE was something that also set a lot of things in motion. Um, that CVE
0: is that uh, for a specific OS? Is that uh, non-OS related?
2: Well, we saw that it's really only available in Windows 10 and Windows Server 2016 and 2019 other versions of windows apparently don't have this vulnerability but one of the most important things is uh, be very vigilant about these connections there is a way to detect them uh, so you could look at some detection on how to uh, yeah how how to see this misuse of certificate types uh, however, the most important piece, of course, is patching again, uh, having your patch management process ready. Uh, systems do need to be patched for the, uh, to overcome this. They will also uh, introduce a new event ID uh, around this common CVE, which you then can also monitor for. Uh, for. But, uh, but patching is important, and there is potential to scan and understand Um, For instance, Microsoft Threat Protection already has some rules around this. So if you're running the Microsoft tech, you'll see incidents and alerts popping up if somebody tries to uh, do these connections or use these executables. And they provide hunting queries also to find them going back.
0: And uh, what you say, patching, Uh, keep your devices patched uh, as soon as possible. That's the statement you, uh, you are making.
2: Yeah, like we said, the protection phase, make sure you get your basic processes right. Uh, Cybersecurity is not just having a SIM and having alert rules, but it's really also doing asset management right, understanding what you have. It's also about running your patch management process uh, diligently every, let's say, second Tuesday with Microsoft, but also just ad hoc have the capabilities that once Microsoft releases this out-of-band patch, it you can quickly implement it and then making sure you're protected before things happen. So yeah, those are pretty important things to do uh, outside of the world of detections and responses.
1: And I'm also surprised at how many businesses still were using Windows 7 for their clients. Uh, how old is that operating system by now? It's uh, Start migrating sooner and don't wait up until uh, your uh, support expires so as an end statement keep your devices up
0: to date and migrate to the newest OSs that are available that we can say about the last cve from from microsoft absolutely okay thank you coach martin for the insights that you gave if there is any new things to discuss i would like to invite you again thanks for now and of course i will thank you for listening to this episode We'll record a new one soon, so I say till next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye. Bye.